0: Welcome to a brand new MMA Roasted. I'm your host, Adam Hunter. Yes, we got two podcasts this week. Uh, we actually, uh, T-Rex can't make it. Uh, we have the contest. Who wants to replace T-Rex? And our first winner is Jake Ellenberger. Uh, yes, Jake Ellenberger is my co-host. Jake, how's it going? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, dude, it's a, it's a pleasure. Uh, T-Rex got much better looking and stronger, uh, which, which is good. Um, I actually, uh, I've been... I've been I've been training still. I actually went to uh, Gokor's Jiu-Jitsu, uh, Gokor's and Hi- Hayabusa fighting this week. Uh, Judo Gene was one of the teachers. Really? Yeah, which is awesome because he told me the real Steven Seagal story. I'm not going to say it because he said that there's some lawsuits he can't tell me about oh, it, I but, but he did tell me about what really happened with Steven Seagal. Um, and then, so, you know, I'm very new to jujitsu. jitsu I'm enjoying it. Uh, I like learning, but I like learning on like a third grade level because cause <laughs> I'm just trying to learn from the basics. I t- I've taken a couple classes where it did it's been kind of advanced, and I, I just want to learn basic from the ground up. But then all of a sudden at the end, it's like my third class. Gokor is like, hey, you want to roll? So I'm like, "So now I'm like, all right, okay. He goes, we want to play. First of all, it's not my idea of playing as <laughs> jumping through the guard of a 50-year-old world champion. But mm. okay, so me and Gokor are rolling, and I, it's kind of like wrestling with your dad. Where you know he could just kick your ass at any minute, mm-hmm. but he's just playing with me, or like sometimes you, know, you see like a huge dog playing with a little dog, and like, yeah. so I'm like, all right, you know, and he go Corey, you know, afterwards he's like, hey man, you're really tough, man. I'm like, oh, thank you. He goes, why don't you go with this guy? So he points at some some big Armenian dude. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, so. We lock up, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna try a Japanese arm throw because I'm, I was good at that in wrestling. No one's gonna expect that, and I could usually throw people on their head by coming in for like a, you know, taking my right hand, going under, like windmilling them. So I tried it on this kid. He choked me within three seconds. Like he was not fooled at all. Then he took me down like four more times in five minutes and choked me. I go and I'm like, dude, what what belt do you? He's like, black. So so far at my experience at this gym has been rolling with go core, two black belts and a pro. The pro I actually lasted against. But mm-hmm. I don't know what the I mean my, my my arm he threw it to Armenia. That's how bad I got my my ass kicked and I was feeling bad for a while but then this other guy was rolling with the guy and he was I, he was just killing him and I'm like, "You know what?" Like, I don't even know what I'm doing here. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm rolling with these people. I don't know what I'm getting <laughs> out of this other than my ass kicked. Yeah. But it's it's yeah. been fun, and I'm I'm trying to get better, and I'm learning. And For sure. And it's so hard not to get discouraged, too. You know, I was in
1: Brazil, actually. And this is, like, when I first started fighting in the UFC. I think it was a, maybe a, just a purple belt or something. And anyway, so I go to Brazil, and I'm at the Gracie Academy. And there's all these just killer jiu-jitsu guys in they th- you know I, they throw me in and I'm kind of you know moving with some guys and they're like these little little guys and like 150 pounds like you know yeah come on and and these guys are choking me out like up reverse triangles and stuff and like, you're
0: in the UFC oh All yeah right. yeah
1: and I'm getting I'm getting submitted by guys that are like 140 pounds like left and right and I'm just like I can't even believe and then you know because they're like oh you know you're Mr UFC guy Why don't you go <laughs> with this guy here go with this guy and it's like this guy's been doing jiu-jitsu for 20 years and he, he's like I I I never got submitted so many times
0: now are you are you depressed at this point are you like frustrated are you going well are you to yourself going well if there was punches and kicks I would smash this guy at least the comfort in knowing that yeah well it's exactly I mean you're kind of like well this this is you
1: know this is this is just in the gi too so it's like you know I, I have no problem I, I do train in the gi but it's not like well, these guys are doing six hours a day on right. that it's like it's it's a whole different world you know what I mean when they're just focusing on on that but you know it is it's it's different I'm, I'm like it is what it is yeah.
0: That's that's very you know what that's very comforting to know though I mean to me to knowing that like you're getting tapped yeah. like honestly I'm gonna feel better about my day my, my day and even though as screwed up as that sounds it's like okay we're getting tapped together um, and for then, sure but that's actually because I'm like damn dude now uh, now I gotta say also Jake now Jake uh, I've known Jake for about two years now we met on Twitter actually and uh, you started follow me on Twitter I'm like Jake Ellenberger and then I started reading your articles and you're funny as hell you're one of these guys with a very dry <laughs> Sense of humor that people don't know how funny you are because you come across so kind of soft spoken and polite, mm-hmm. but then, like, you're, you're, you're the answers to, you, to the questions you ask are like fucking insane. I'm like, holy shit, this dude's got a real, a real crazy wit about you. Um, and by the way, you came to my show last week with Carla Esparza, who jumped on stage during my show, mm-hmm. and then you got her off. Uh, not, not, like, not like you didn't have sex with her and get her off, but you actually got her off the stage. <laughs> Thank you for that, by the yes, way. Yes, no,
1: for sure. It was. Oh great! She, you know she had a she had a couple drinks in there. She felt like coming into <laughs> to, to see you on on stage while
0: you were uh, while you were speaking. But I, I had to I had to to go in there and, and rescue you. So. No, no, thank you. Uh, <laughs> now uh, now obviously uh, glad to talk about your fight career. You were supposed to you were supposed to fight Tarek mm-hmm. uh and then you pulled a hamstring. What what exactly happened?
1: Yeah, you know uh, it was one of those weird like after training um, accidents like. It's it's always funny because of the weirdest injuries happen when you're you're totally not expecting it, and especially this one. I, I was at Kings. This was actually after training had finished. You know, so we're kind of just messing around, drilling, not even really taking it seriously. And uh, you know, I, I was off balance and I slipped and then had a pretty bad pretty bad pull in my hamstring. So anyway, I'm doing physical therapy now. But it was one of those really frustrating, annoying kind of injuries. But it was like just enough to. But like you knew right away, you're like, oh, man. Yeah, I mean, right away, I was like, I, I, I could I could barely stand on it. And, and uh, it was like one of the, I tried to stretch, and it was like unbelievable pains. So now, well, do you
0: have is, to call Joe Silva yourself and say, look, I'm out of my fight? Or does your manager call? How does that work? Well,
1: you know, I, initially, I went and went and, and got an Whenever you suspect, like, this is serious. So I went and got an MRI. And then it's like the next morning, they were going to let me know. And they're like, yeah, you, it's going to be, I, and this is from the Dr. Davidson, the UFC doc, and he was like, you know, typically I would say for a normal person about eight weeks till you can res- resume training. And I'm like, eight weeks? And it, but it's funny. They're like, well, you can, you know, it's up to you. You can make this decision on what you want to do. But and, I, and I'm like, I'm supposed to be in Singapore in four weeks, and it's going to take eight weeks that you would tell somebody to
0: And you're fighting a guy training. who's known for, for thigh kicks. Yeah, I exactly. Mean, it, I mean, it's not like you're... <laughs> you're fighting a guy with no kicking, a guy who who literally destroyed Nate Marquardt's legs mm-hmm. through kicks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so does that does that factor
1: into it also? or For sure, and even more so, it's like this guy's making his UFC debut. You know, he's coming off – he was the force champion. And it's just – when you have somebody coming up to, the, you know they're hungry, you know they're motivated. And it's like – I mean, at this level, there's, there's no point of taking a fight if you're not anywhere close to 100 percent, which, you know, granted, I, I wasn't so – I, I'd seen a few other doctors and they were like, listen, you, you probably shouldn't do your, at a high risk of making it worse or, or, or tearing your hamstring pretty bad. So I think
0: it's a lot, of, I mean, that's what, I would do, I mean, not that mm-hmm. I would ever fight, but if it's, it would seem that if I would fight and you're, you're injured, you see a lot of guys go into fights injured, mm-hmm. and I never, un- I don't understand. I understand if you maybe get injured the day before or something, or not even that, but not even the day before. Why people, then they go, well, no one is ever 100% going into a fight, which is mm-hmm. true, but if you know eight weeks, four weeks out, they have enough time to fill it, I mean, why, why risk that? For sure. I I think everyone, it's uh,
1: different situations for everyone too, especially when they're like banking on this paycheck or it's like, you know, you got a family, you know, you have kids that you have to, you have to make a paycheck. So I'm sure there's extreme situations where guys are like, I don't care. I'm fighting. You know, for me, I wouldn't do that, but
0: yeah, um, yeah. a lot of times after guys lose, then they, then they tell everyone they were injured. They go, mm-hmm. after they lose, they go, oh, well, I fought with this or with that. And you're like, mm-hmm. well, why did you fight? And then, but yeah. then at the same time, they're like, well, they, yeah, they're right. A lot of people are bad with money and, and they kind of forced in that situation and they, mm-hmm. they like made it rain at the, at the strip club. <laughs> and, and now, you know, baby mama payments yeah. and stuff and all kinds of stuff. Now, Jake, I have to say, uh, there's a, I got a lot to, to ask you about. Um, now, f- from the start, you're one of these guys with one of the craziest stories I've ever heard. And I, I'm sorry if I talked about this before on the podcast. You know, we have new listeners. Yeah. Uh, but you're a guy who started wrestling in college. Mm-hmm. Now, now, let me get this straight. Now, people don't understand this. Like, I wrestled... You know, since I was 12, I was a, a really good high school wrestler. I was prep school, asterisk, but fine. Okay, I, <laughs> I went to Division Three wrestling, yeah. and I couldn't start on my team Division Three. So then I dropped away class, and then then that was the beating at the end. But there were great wrestlers D3, and I, when I say great, I mean every pretty much every other guy you wrestle is like you know state qualifier, national qualifier, county qualifier. There's you know great guys in division 3 division 1 is a whole different level okay division 2 is a whole different level you walked on to your college wrestling team with no experience mm-hmm. now that that's not like playing that's not playing softball in uh hey let's play pickup softball or joining the bowling team i mean do you just fucking hate yourself i mean how does that happen
1: Really quick, a funny story, so actually the, one of the first the first tournaments, like, you know, you can wrestle in open tournaments, whatever, and for me, um, I started wrestling when I was 21, yeah, I was, I was going to University of Nebraska-Omaha, Division Two, and they were actually three-time national champion championship team, um, just a room full of studs, and it was one of the most worst experiences of my life, the first probably year or two, I don't think I even got a takedown for probably two years, but anyway, the room, I, I had already so every started. day
0: you're not getting a takedown and you're still coming back.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's like, be, I mean, I'd be, I'd be in the locker room like, what are you, what am I doing? I, why am I even here? And it, it's so discouraging, but it's like extremely mentally tough. So I was like, you know what, if I can make it through this, you know, I can. Again, I had already started my MMA career. So really looking at the big picture, I'm like, I get to train with some of the best wrestlers in NCAA. And I have some of the best coaches, you know, and I'm still thinking about. MMA, you know, MMA, it's not, like, I really, to be honest, didn't have any ambition to compete in wrestling at the college level, of course, I don't know how well that would have went anyway, but, uh, it was all for MMA, so, funny story, my, one of my first, um, I, I jumped in a tournament, like, had, having wrestled for three months, jumped in a college wrestling tournament anyway, and you know how, like, when you get down in, in, uh, the referees position, like, on the lines, like, yeah. I was, I was, like, two feet off the line, and they were like, <laughs>
0: That's and, like middle school. I tell the middle school yeah. kids to
1: do that. And, and people, they started. It's true story. And then, and then the guys were like laughing at me. The ref started laughing, and, and I was like, "What the? You know what the? What is this guy laughing at me for?" And I wasn't even close to the line when I went. Did when you I was, win the
0: match? I did actually. So your opponent lost to a guy who didn't know where to put his hands. Who didn't know. That's gotta be What the referee's
1: position was. It That's was insane. True story though. Yeah, and, and I ended up. Um, so there's an amateur and elite division at the Kaufman Brand Open. It's the largest. One day wrestling tournament in the country, and I got to—I was wrestling in the amateur division. I having, having wrestled for three months, and um, I ended up getting fourth. So, and it's funny because my my brother Joe had wrestled for Carney, and, and Omaha and Carney were kind of rivalries there in in division two. And a couple of guys I beat were from Carney, and so their their their, their coach was like, "Are you, you know are you kidding me? You just lost to Jake. He's never wrestled." And my brothers on the team at the time. And he's like, he doesn't even, he's telling these guys, he doesn't even know how to wrestle. <laughs> That's so funny. And it was just one of those, they're like, it's Joe's brother, man. This guy, it was like, <laughs> he, he's never wrestled. It, it was.
0: That's great. That shows, that shows how, uh, how mentally tough you could be, man. I mean, by, by just by doing that. Because mm-hmm. I've never even heard of that. I've never heard of that ever a guy just walking onto a college competitive wrestling team Mm -hmm. i don't know i think people listening are going oh you're kissing jake's ass yeah i am actually because i've never fucking heard of that that's that's insane uh now um jumping forward you were also in the military correct i was Mm -hmm. now uh when did you join the military right out of high school
1: 2003
0: Mm-hmm. So you, you now you did go to boot camp. Now were you stationed mm-hmm. anywhere? What, what no,
1: was? I was a reservist. So I mean, I, you go through the training initially, went through boot camp in your MOS school, and then um, was in, back in Omaha for when, when I started going to college? So did you want
0: to go to Afghanistan or Iraq, or was that were you just like? Eh.
1: Not. Re- it was really crazy time. You know, obviously a crazy time period for <laughs> during the war. Like one of my my best friends growing up, he joined. He was also in the Marine Corps active duty. He was an in infantry right out of high, like, literally he's one of those guys, went to boot camp right out of high school, went to school of infantry right after boot camp, and then like, right as he got to his, his unit, went um, in the first wave in Fallujah, so it was, he's, he ended up doing three tours in Iraq, and it's just, it's crazy to see how much someone's perspective changes on on the military, on the on, on just, just everything in general and in politics, so, but I, I never got deployed, I, I was, I didn't really, I wasn't, you know, eager to, to be honest, but you know, but
0: you really downplay that. People don't really know that about you. That's not like you know. You hear a lot of times people like in the military. Oh, this person military next to their name. You always hear military. But Jake, it's like mm-hmm. I had to find that out. It's not <laughs> something that you really uh, you really talk about. Which is like, you know. I, I mean, not that I give you credit. But I give everyone in the military credit. But that's not something. Yeah. It's like you kind of downplay it. Um, now uh, we had yeah. Uh, you're, 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 we'll talk about we're, we're jumping all over the place. Sorry, no, that, good, that's, that's that's part of the show. Uh, your last fight against Rory. Um, I obviously wanted you to win. You came, across, you you you, uh, you you went off a fight against against Marquart, where you just, you just obliterated Nate Marquardt, mm. I mean, you just went you just <laughs> went through Nate Marquart really quick. Nate Marquart's obviously an amazing fighter. Do you think that you kind of got fell in love with your power a little bit, uh, and were depending too much on on your striking against against Rory? Yeah, you know, the fight with Rory,
1: you know, a lot of things went wrong, to be honest. I don't like to make excuses, you know what I mean? When somebody beats you, he had a better night. But a lot of things went wrong for me. Um, and, and even looking back, reflecting on that fight, it was like, that's not me. Everybody who knows me knows that's not me. I mean, I was trying to counter him. I was throwing one punch, not combinations. I was flat-footed. There was a lot of things that really went wrong. Um, so, you know, and I could can, I can talk about it all day, but it, it's water under the bridge
0: i talk about it all day. People actually. No, <laughs> now, now one of the things we have Munoz on here, uh, and I, I don't want to start tension with you and Munoz. I know you guys are best friends, and and I love Mark, but he did he did say that there was some relationship issues and some women issues that uh, that w- that were going on. There was some drama, like some uh, some some Twilight stuff. Uh, <laughs> that th- Twilight stuff. Well, I don't. Even, uh, n- well,
1: I don't know. You know that was kind of a rumor, a little bit, but I really, I've never had a problem with distractions too. Especially separating, you know, competing and, and personal life. You know, that's one thing that I've been able to do really well. I think competing for the last nine years is just separating distractions. And obviously, distractions can always be a huge influence on competition. But um, for me, there was there was that absolutely had nothing to do with that fight. Uh, to be honest. You know, I had some some just some nagging things I had to deal with. So and
0: that was Mark being a drama queen. Yeah, of?
1: Mark was being a drama queen for sure. There, I, I'm gonna have to have a talk with Mark here in a minute. <laughs>
0: well, <laughs> I had no idea before I started the podcast. There was all this Orange County drama. I I didn't know about the whole like since this podcast started. We had we have we had War Machine call in, uh, who by the way said he won't do any more podcasts ever again. I Why tried not? to get him on. I don't know. He just said he's just sick of doing anybody's podcast. But we had him, and then he was banging uh, this uh, other girl that we had on. uh, Mm. What's her name? The um, Rachel Cummings, the Panther, and then Keith Berry called in, and then and then it was all this all this rain drama of Orange County, Jim. People having sex with each other, and, and it's great for the show. It's entertaining as hell. But and, and if you, everybody wants to know about it, just 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 email mm. me, and I'll 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 keep you updated. <laughs> now, were you involved in any of that? Was that?
1: No, luckily I've always been able to stay kind of, a, you know, a good arm's distance away from that. But they're always, Orange County is Orange County, man. There's always drama. I've been able to kind of steer clear but I have enough to worry about, you know...
0: And then Mayhem was coming in, and he got thrown out. It was this whole big thing, uh, and then yeah. he yeah. joined Kings and left Reign, and it was all this drama. Str- yeah. And I don't want anything to do with it, because I don't want... This- Even the girls could kick my ass, and I don't want anything to do with <laughs> But the girls are hot. And, and when Rachel Cummings came on the show and said War Machine, uh, texted her a picture of his porn or something, and then huh. said, this could be you, and it worked. Uh, which I thought was... <laughs> One of the funniest things I've ever heard in my life. But then people were sending War Machine mail strippers and mail hookers to. It was just this whole thing going wow. on. Yeah, it was. It, it was. It was pretty amazing. Now
1: um... that guy has said some pretty. E- erotic stuff some war machine crazy. yeah oh yeah pretty-
0: he, he, he's he, he's like radio gold though i mean he's oh, one of these sure. guys that i love having him for on sure. and he's actually like one of these guys that you talk to and you end up liking him mm-hmm. even though he mm-hmm. says some of the most outlandish things that there's something about him <laughs> that's very pure it's mm-hmm. something about like someone not having a filter is very pure now one of the guys you, that you've trained with was uh was chael and um and word what the reason i thought that you were going to run through rory is that word was that you were just annihilating chael in practice that you were throwing him around the gym mm-hmm. uh, is there a truth to that
1: well you know it depends who you ask we've had some back and forth for sure you know he's 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 an awesome guy awesome guy to train with too and uh, one thing i do will i will say about chael is i don't think people really understand how good of a coach he is and, and i think people got a little bit of a glimpse on the on the show when he was the coach but like even a one-on-one, you know, he, he breaks stuff down really well. Um, I really enjoyed working with Chill. I, I don't know if I would have ever could even say i've destroyed Chael on the matter <laughs> no i, 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 I just yeah, ma- no. I, I, I just made that up we've but, had some battles um, so,
0: though for sure no i heard no i heard there was battles and i actually according to kelvin gustello when he called in chael was throwing everyone around the gym i asked uh-huh. chael and he personally he said kelvin was just being a nice guy but he but he he said that the guys at rain i thought he shouldn't have left that rain training camp like because mm-hmm. when he fought shogun after training at rain he obliterated and tapped shogun mm-hmm. and then he left and then he didn't go back to Rain for his last fight against Rashad, right? He did. He trained at Rain for Rashad.
1: No, um, he. You know, I know he's trained with Dan Henderson for for a little while, and uh, those guys down in Temecula, but. Um
0: Nothing against Dan Henderson's camp, but it seemed like no, no, rain no. was the perfect pit fit for him.
1: Yeah, it's good. I think it's, it's good structure for him, too. You know, and, and there's a lot of guys that are going to push him because, you know, and, and he's been competing his whole life, too. It's like you really need that extra push to somebody to, you know, to put, put their foot in your butt and just and make you work. So now, yeah. no, there,
0: there, there are two stories that I know about you. That I don't know if you want to get out there, but I'm going to I'm going to put you on the spot. Let's do it. Uh, one of them about a college wrestler recently who like, made a bet that he could take you down. Uh, can we tell that story? Yeah, for sure. All right. So, so there was a guy who said who wrestled 4 years in college, mm-hmm. who five said actually. 5 years in college, mm-hmm. who said I could beat Jake Ellenberger. I know I can take him down in wrestling. Mm-hmm. And people were betting on this guy. Mm-hmm. And he shows up at your gym mm-hmm. and what happens?
1: Well, it's 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 funny because he's he in this this place the place that he works at, he's convinced everybody who works there <laughs> that he can take me down and he's like I've wrestled freestyle, I've wrestled greco, I've wrestled for 5 years in college, you know. I've wrestled over 300 matches this and that in that and it's like and he's getting guys to bet against me. And it's which is is just funny, but the funny part is I don't know any of this until he comes to the gym. And he's like, "Yeah, you know, he wants to he wants to wrestle you. You guys are going to, you know, will you wrestle?" I'm like, "Of course. You know, I don't I don't care who he is. Let's let's go." And it just and I, and I just was like, "Let's do it. Get a good warm up in. You know, we're going." And and uh and he's not in the best shape. in in He's not in the best shape ever. But so this
0: guy walks in. There's all kinds of bets going on. You all, have-
1: it's, and there's all these people at the gym. Like like the the, the mat's covered with people. And I'm kind of like you know. And I'm like, well, there's the the kids class is pretty big tonight. You know what's going on. And and so and they're all here to see this guy wrestle me. And then when I get there, and they're like, no, this guy's gonna. He said he can take you down, and, and we're gonna see here in a minute. And I'm like, all right.
0: <laughs> so you you walk into a tournament and you have no you have no idea that <laughs> no, this is going on. No idea. No. And idea. then you so I know you're being humble. So you obliterate this guy, and he ends up throwing up everywhere.
1: Yeah. Well, it, <laughs> so we're going. You know, and I'm kind of just feeling him out a little bit, and, and he's, you know, it, it it didn't look like he had wrestled, in, in I don't know when he'd wrestled, but. I mean, he was he was younger than I am, so he he couldn't have been he it couldn't have been that long. But um, you know, I think after like the seventh takedown I got, he, he just he kind of just said I'm i good.
0: Now, are people angry because they put money on him?
1: Yeah, well, there was there was a guy there, um, a pretty wealthy guy who who had been convinced by this guy that he could take me down, and he I don't know he said he put like a few hundred dollars on. Oh him. my
0: god, that is, that's awesome. Well, th- th- it just goes to show you that you know, no matter how good you were in high school mm-hmm. or college wrestling, if you have not been training five days a week it's not a good idea to go challenge the local guy mm-hmm. the top five guy in the ufc that you're going to beat him i mean i I'm, I'm learning that lesson every week at go and when i when I, I i'm realizing how good of grapplers these guys are because i mm-hmm. you know i'm like oh i could take him down doesn't matter i'm, I'm, I'm leaving my head to the side and getting my neck chopped off guillotine yeah. so i'm i'm learning quickly another funny story that you told me was when you you and mayhem almost burned the ultimate fighter house down
1: Oh yeah, that's that was crazy. Mayhem was coach the ultimate fighter against Bisbing. Um, you know, I, I came up for a week. You know, to, to kind of you know jump in there and, and help coach and just you know enjoy the atmosphere a little bit. But uh, he was he was out on the porch with another guy, and uh, they were smoking. And and actually, funny story. My cousin from Hawaii came in. Abel, awesome guy. But you know, he likes to smoke, and they're out on the they're out on the balcony smoking. And uh, it, Mayhem has, has these fireworks and stuff, So, it, and I start, who, who the, the, sorry, the, the balcony below us, who we, we thought was Ryan Parsons, who was Mayhem's manager, um, I thought that was, he was right below so I start, you know, I, start, I, I, I threw a couple. A couple fireworks. So, yeah, some fireworks down there, for, as a joke. You yeah, know, some he'll, random he'll,
0: you know. fireworks you threw on someone's yeah, porch. Yeah, I thought it'd be
1: funny, and, Right, and, because and, uh, it's, it's like, I don't know, one or two in the morning, and obviously he's sleeping, he goes to bed <laughs> early, and um set these fire throw these fireworks down there and, and kind of just nothing happened you know, there's a strobe light so you know his windows the back when the back door's open you know so we threw a little strobe down there and it's 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 going off and it's and we're laughing and anyway just kind of forget about it go inside like five minutes later I think my cousin goes back onto the balcony and he smells like plastic burning and I'm like and he comes in and he's like it's, he's like what did you guys throw down there In well, he's asking me what I threw down there, and I look over there, and, like, he's, uh, you know, the balcony furniture is on fire. There's, like, three things that are, that are literally in flames, and I'm, like, holy... We we're, were, like, scurrying to get water, like, filling everything up we can to try to throw it in. And anyway, so Mayhem has a whole bag of, like, water balloons he fill up. He's just going to go start the water ballooning people, cars, I don't know. You know, I never know what he's thinking. Right. So we start chucking water balloons down there. So we go down, we go down to a parking lot, and we're throwing water balloons up onto the balcony, this guy comes out of his room, and it's not Ryan Parsons' room. Some guy <laughs> who happens to wake up, he, and it's this fat guy, no shirt, and he's in his boxers, and I'm kind of—I'm the only one who can see actually this guy, and and um, Mayhem and another guy are just chucking water balloons, and they're going inside of his inside of his apartment, and they're hitting him. They're like—they broke a couple on his chest. <laughs> They broke a couple on
0: him, you know, and this guy is just red hot. So you So the guy's house dress. on fire and they hit him with water balloons.
1: Yeah, so he he wakes up and comes out on the balcony to his furniture on fire, and he's getting just pelted with water balloons. And I, I I'm the only one who actually can see him, and he, like a few of them broke on his chest. I was I was laughing. And it, the, and <laughs> you it, were I, laughing. I, I was trying not to laugh, but I, I couldn't help myself. And the apartment had already called the fire department. There are The fire department's on their way. Um, the security's there, and like, what the hell's going on? And they see, you know, three lunatics throwing water balloons up there. <laughs> this guy's getting smoked with water balloons. He, he's he's beat ready. so pissed off. But it was so. What happened? It was
0: the guy's apartment was it okay?
1: Yeah, I mean, they ended up putting it out, but it was it was like one of those man. If this guy didn't wake up, he oh, this the whole place would have been in it. And and, and then <laughs>
0: that would have been the end of the Ultimate Fighter because Ellenberger, Mayhem, and some, and your cousin oh yeah
1: and it, we were like listen we were you know we were upstairs just just watching tv and, and some kids were throwing fireworks up <laughs> on the balcony next thing you know it's that, that's
0: insane that that's insane but a f- <laughs> great story nonetheless uh now i have to ask you a couple things uh now you recently called out condit uh you yeah, no, that is a fight i asked for yeah mm-hmm. uh and that mm-hmm. but condit uh they gave it to woodley mm-hmm. so uh, who do you want to fight next
1: you know, I, right now it's, we're still kind of, I don't know. I don't really have a specific guy right now. It seems like everyone in the top 10 is pretty much booked up. So, um, I, you know, I, I want to get back in and fight somebody relevant. You know, Matt Brown was a potential, but it, we're not sure how long he might be out. He might be out for a while. So, um, I mean, it's going to be bad. a great
0: fight. You and Brown
1: for sure. You know, he's, he's a study. He's, he's won six in a row. I mean, he's, he's won some fights that, you know, that people really didn't give him a chance in and, and, uh. He's doing well, so it would definitely be a, a good matchup for me.
0: So uh, we'll talk about some of the fights coming up. Um, now, um, okay, so predictions: UFC 168, Silva Weidman. Who do you like?
2: Hmm.
1: You know, it, it's it's hard for me to not go with Weidman, being a being a big fan of of him and the sport of wrestling. But I'm gonna go with Anderson. I think Anderson's gonna come back, and he's. It's going to be the old interview. Have you
0: trained with either of them?
1: I've trained with Anderson before. Yeah, but this was, this was years ago, so I, I don't know. Um, it depends, you know, how... I, it's all going to come down to strategy. You know. That girl
0: no. came to our show, Tiffany, uh, that hot girl, Tiffany Timebomb, oh, who's yeah? got the most amazing ass I've ever seen in my life. Uh, I am mean, not personally, but just standing behind her. Uh-huh. She was saying that she trains with Anderson at the same gym and that he's taking this very seriously. It's that like oh, it's, yeah. it's a whole different Anderson. Mm-hmm. He's completely focused. Uh, mm-hmm. But I gotta go with Weidman. I don't yeah. know what it is. I just think 39 years old. Yeah. I think your reflexes are the first thing to kind of go a little bit. Sure. Uh, and I don't know if I. I mean, have have we ever seen Weidman with his hands? Up? I mean, Silva would not do that kind I of.
1: I know. It's been a while. I, even in Brazil, I have a lot of friends in Brazil that are saying a lot of people in Brazil are not rooting for Anderson or they don't like him, and it's it's kind of weird. You know, I have a lot of friends in Rio and and all over Brazil, and they're like, apparently, he's not really. People don't love him right now. They, they're not big fans.
0: Well, he said he would coach, help uh, Chael's team, mm-hmm. coach the Ultimate Fighter against Vanderlei, <laughs> uh, which will definitely not endear him to Brazilian fans. I mean, if Anderson Silva goes and trains, coaches, I yeah. mean, and trains Chael's team, I mean, come on. But, what, I mean, get, that's ridiculous. By the way, Chael, yesterday there was a rumor saying that he had uh, surgery on, on, on his colon before, the day before Rashad fight, which uh, turned out to be not true. Hmm. I don't think you could, you're allowed to have surgery on your colon. But it's funny <laughs> that, like, only Chael would say I, I even wrote a joke that he got his ass handed to him before the fight and during the fight. <laughs> but, um, I, I mean, I, I love Chael, but that's ridiculous. This uh, came from him? Oh Yeah, according okay. to him. Uh, wow. He was on like he was on some TV show oh, uh, like off OTR off the record, and mm. the guy said, "Hey, I heard that you had surgery the day before." And he goes, "That's true. How how'd you find out?" And he like played <laughs> along, but I, I heard it, it was all bullshit. Um, now we're gonna go to Ro- uh, Rhonda and Misha before we go to Connor. Uh, Rhonda and Misha, who do you like? Why?
1: Mm, I think it's gonna be a lot more of a competitive fight this time around. Um, I still have to go with Rhonda. You train with Rhonda, right? I have. She she's she is that good she really is and um has she taken you down uh well we've we've yeah actually she has oh wow she, she and, and that's the one thing i would
0: actually like to see her fight in the 135 with the males she really that good mm. so she now ron now were you surprised when ronda Rousey took you down or was there a little bit of an ego thing or you like holy shit i can't believe this girl took me down no i mean she, you know she's
1: competed at the highest level in judo and, and you know she's she's all, she's she's great she what'd you really take you is. down with Um, I don't remember to be honest. I would, I would I
0: mean, first of all, I I would be honored. She, she threw you on your ass. Mm -hmm. Wow, you heard it here first. Ronda Rousey threw Mm -hmm. Jake Ellenberger. That's a that's. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm obviously she's. amazing and I take nothing away from you but that's impressive I mean, because I mean if a guy who just came out of his uh seven, a, a, a nine-year wrestler can't take <laughs> you down I and mean, you're taking down some of the best men in the world and Rhonda can take you down that's mm-hmm. that says a lot about Rhonda. That's, you know I'm not, not to knock you obviously you no, know not at all but that's that's amazing
1: she is she, she really is she, she's been training with uh I know with Henry and Hiron at the Grace Academy and and uh you know she's been every time I, I every time I've trained with her she, she's continually to get better and and, and um, I've, been, I've been impressed. So you think she's just going to beat uh, Misha second round, you're calling it? It might go two or three, yeah, but I think she'll end up getting her.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Wow. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. All right, Jake, stick around. We have a great show. We have Phil Baroni with another segment of That Story's Baroni, as well as Bobby Green. I can't wait to hear what Phil has to say. Let's call him right now. What's up, man? How's it going, man? I'm, I'm here. I got Jake Ellenberger on the line with you.
1: What's up, Jake? What's up, man? How you doing? I'm all right, man.
0: How's everything going, man? So uh, so last time we talked to you, you were excited about the possibility of fighting Ben Askren. You had to put the bong down. Uh, you, <laughs> you were not going to be stripping anymore. You thought about possibly <laughs> going back to stripping. Uh, <laughs> what's happened since then?
2: Man, I, I don't think the fight's going to happen, dude. Uh, you know, Ben Askren don't want no part of me. I don't know. He, he don't want no part. Well, do you, you think he's scared? He's scared, obviously, man. Obviously. I mean, well, why would you want? Why would, why would you want to fight me? Why would you make the fight? No idea. So he's obviously, uh, you know, scared.
0: All right. So, so Askren scared. Uh, a-
2: he's a bitch, dude. He's a bitch. I mean, he's a bitch. No, nobody, nobody, nobody wants to see the motherfucking fight. He, he's, <laughs> he's worthless. You know what I mean? You you watch Olympic wrestling, you, you go, you know, Olympic wrestling is fucking empty seat to the stadium. This motherfucker is just are going out there wrestling, dudes. Nobody wants to watch a motherfucker fight. I think I'm probably the only guy that's going to make the fight exciting, but, uh, you know, that dude, his loss. Well, you know, him.
0: Now, um, I heard you were possibly going down to 155,
2: 155. Is that true? Yeah, that's what I was thinking about, you know, beforehand, before, you know, the guy. You know, so I started talking. I was thinking about make, making a move down. It's a popular trend right now. So, uh, you know, man, I was thinking about going on a serious diet and, and going, going down. I mean, are you
0: okay? Are you depressed about not getting the fight?
2: Yeah, I'm real pissed, man. I'm real depressed. You know I mean? that, that fight got me up and training. It got me training twice I stay again, which is good. Got me back at... Uh, but one kicks next, next gym where we'll, we'll I had some of my biggest wins again, in here in Vegas. So you know I'm back training. So you know it lit the fire in my ass a little bit. So it was good for that that, that purpose. But you still training though, right? Yeah, I'm, tra- I'm training, man. I'm training. So I, I got my ass off the couch, put the bomb away, and got going. Well, that's
0: good. Now, uh, now everyone loves the segment that stories Barone, where Phil Barone, the legend, <laughs> the New York badass. One of the the best, one of my most entertaining fighters of all time. Tells us a crazy story back in the day. Let's hear it.
2: Yeah, man. This is a little different story, man. I was thinking, you know, when I was hurting, man, I was pretty depressed. I I was watching all, you know, all the MMA shit, saying, dude, you know, I'm fucked here, man. I'm I'm hurt. I'm done. You know, I I never think I'd ever be able to come back from this injury. Nobody did. So I was just basically fucking you know, thinking about the way it was to, to the way it is now. Because I, I fought the recent UFC, uh, you know, a couple years back, two, three years back, and it was so different. So I was thinking about, you know, how how different, it, you know, the, the sport has changed, how, how the UFC has changed. So, you know, uh, let me just talk about it, man. Uh, how I got to UFC, I was basically, uh, you know, I was doing some uh, kickboxing and, uh, and boxing, Mostly kickboxing. You remember, you're from Milan. You remember the and Eglie shows where, where Sarah started out, and they would have like. So I saw. I so, so I was doing some. I was doing some kickboxing, some pro kickboxing, and some and some amateur boxing. So I was done wrestling. Yeah, and you were. And you you were actually
0: undefeated in that.
2: Yeah, yeah. I won, won like 17 fights. Well, anyway, Sarah. You know, he he was doing grappling. They called called the grappling exhibition, but it was a. Real fight. He was on barn everybody. He was getting all the attention. You know what I mean? So, 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 so I was getting like, you know, I was getting a little pissed off. You know, I was like, man, I got to f- try this MMB thing. But they didn't even have no they didn't have no weight classes back then. You know, they, 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 they had no f- weight classes back then. It was 200, and, uh, and that was it. I, I was actually the first to ever fight that f- won in 85 at UFC.
3: Oh,
2: wow. Nobody knows that. You know, UFC 30, that was the first time they ever had the weight class, 185. So whatever, I was doing that kickboxing and shit, and Joel uh, Gold, the guy used to run Full Contact Fighters. Remember that magazine? Yeah, I do, like, actually. One of, the, one of the only magazines back there. He was the f***ing, uh, he was the owner or whatever. And I got a call, it was three weeks' notice, it was a UFC fight, UFC 30, Z- 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 for guys, they they just bought the they just bought the thing. It, it, I don't know he bought it from Peretti or some shit, whatever. Anyway, I, I was signed to this guy, Peretti. So they just bought the thing, and uh, somebody got hurt or whatever, and, and they, needed a, they needed a fight. They didn't know. Nobody knew I was a wrestler. They thought I was just some white boy, you know, white boy boxer, a half-ass kickboxing dude, and, and they had some uh, guy, Curtis out who was going to, you know, kick my head off, you know. I, I, I was doing some half-ass boxing, you know, kickboxing and... and Selling, selling used cars on uh, Summer Not hallway. Summer hallway. Yeah, to live right off there. <laughs> yeah, I'm an Nissan. I was f- selling cars like a fucking bum. I, anyway, so, so I didn't get much training, man. F-ing, uh, you know, I had a good street fight record. It was probably like back then, three forty six and two. You know, wait, had about wait, like wait, you, have, you had three hundred
0: forty six wins in street fights and two losses.
2: Yeah, in street fights, Who I beat had you? about two hundred forty knockouts. So, so. So that, so you know, what I mean, that was my credibility, and, and as far as half ass kickboxing record. So, so that's how I got in sleep, Whatever. So you know, I, I got this call in three weeks notice. So I, I was trying to help f- man. I got to learn some f- jujitsu. So back then, bro, it's a lot different than now. You go to a, you go to a place. You know, they, they, they knew I was some somehow, and they knew I was a wrestler. I couldn't, I couldn't get any f- jujitsu sparring. I, no you know I could, no one would teach me it was it was like unheard of back then you, you, if you're a wrestler or you weren't like a straight jiu-jitsu guy, you were gonna you were a fighter you couldn't get any training it's not like it would say open you can go train wherever you want you could it was it was like closed door you know it was way different so i I would go to Nassau Community college, remember that, but yeah, and I go up there and, and it just happened I'd go to wrestle practice and one day when I was leaving the be two like Russian guys, two fat old guys, old guys. So those were my f-ing ground coaches. I, was, I had two two f-ing old fat, bald, hairy, motherfucking Russian dudes as, as my ground coaches. And uh, I, I was going to wrestling practice and I would hit mitts at uh, Keith Trumbull He was uh, he's a kickbox coach. Right now he trains, uh, who's he we trains? Oh, the kid Volante and uh, Costa Filco and Bermudez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now yeah.
0: Do, do these Russian guys know what they were doing?
2: No, they f- I don't know. I, I don't f***ing know. They they, 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 they would, they would f***ing put me in their garden and f- squeeze me with their legs. You know what I mean? Think I was in the tap from that. F***ing single floor. What is it called? Boston Crab, now. What the f- is it called? Download stretch. I don't know what that move is, but they would f- <laughs> fucking squeeze the f*** out of me. You know what I mean? And, and you almost want to tap because there was no punching. We were just doing whatever that shit was. Samba. They told me some leg locks or something. But anyway, it sucked, but I thought it was something. It was, it was bullshit. It was bullshit. So anyway, I, I was doing that. I was I was training with Keith Tremble, and and that and that and, I, and three weeks notice that was my uh, that was my, f-ing, you know, my, my my trainer for UFC thirty, my first UFC fight, and uh, I got a a, a a call from Joe Silva. You know, oh, yeah, that, that's who called me, and he I, I said, man, send me some fucking tapes of this guy. So he sent me a tape, and on the tape. It was, was a good fight. I don't know if you know the fight, Aaron Riley and Yves Edwards. You know that fight? Yeah, it's a great fight. You ever see that fight? Great fight. Yeah, that was a, you know, the first fight I ever saw. And then he sent me a bunch of f- tapes from Portuguese and uh, and what is it called? It's Japanese. You know, it was all the fights were in uh, Portuguese and Japanese. <laughs> anyway, so, so, so the game plan, you know, the game plan was. Go out there and knock the dude out. You know, even though I was a wrestler, the game plan was not the dude out. And let me tell you about this this card. You want to hear this card? Sure. Want to hear this card? That I was on the first card. Uh, the the main event was Tito Ortiz and Evan Tana. the the The, the co main event was for a title fight: Jens Pulver and uh, Carl Uno. Wow. You know those guys? Yeah, yeah of pretty course. Good, pretty good card. Savio Iha versus Phil John. And this, okay. is, and, and
0: this is your first MMA. You never did any type of mixed martial arts. I
2: never before. did an MMA fight before. I just showed up here. <laughs> and, uh, and I was going to wear wrestling shoes, and they changed the rule, and there was no wrestling shoes. So I was so all <laughs> up about having to go no feet. go to have to go in the <laughs> ring with, with, uh, with the no feet. No, no shoes. You know what I mean? Now, who was in your corner? The guy Keith
0: Trumble. Oh, just Keith Trumble. Okay, there was no. Yeah, this just is, did, this, No, I didn't bring pretty... you those fat Trumble guys.
2: It was just Keith Trumble. <laughs> also on the card was Barnett, and, wow. and and Hazel. Wow. Those and Shark beat up Tiki. I was the first fight on the card, so, so I, obviously, so so that makes me the first fight ever promoted by Zufa. Now, the what, first fight that was, so, was Tiki with. Now was Tiki with
0: Ariani back then or No. No. Oh.
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> the, the ring girl the, the ring girl was like uh Tito's girlfriend now, his girlfriend right now, yeah, and some other chick that was his girlfriend back in the day. Those are the ring drug girls. <laughs> <laughs> and Tito's girlfriend now, UFC 30 and his old girlfriend. Wow. Anyway. Yeah. So so back in the day we used to get to UFC like over a week, over a week early. I think you know, maybe eight days early and we did all our meds there. It's way different now. Now you do your manager, your mailman. You know, back, back then we were all a bunch of knuckleheads. You know, I just told you the card. Bobby Hoffman was on the card. It was, it was all a bunch of knuckleheads that were trying to get the shit, legal, you know, legalized. So, so we threw all our medicals there. So you had to go on a bus. You know, I think like three or four times you had to go on go, go on a bus to get your medicals, get your heart, get your blood. You know, we go like a bunch of like like a circus. You know, we all go on the thing. And uh, I, I, actually, I, I I was on. A, luckily, I was on a, I was on a blue. Corner, I don't know what corner I was. But I was on a corner with Milicic. Oh wow! So I, I ended up making friends with, with militich a so Jeremy Horn, and those guys were fighting Makoto. I, I learned most of my jujitsu training. Like I I, real, I realized that those f*** ensemble guys didn't know what the we were talking about. With, from Jeremy Horn and Pat Milicic that week. So I, so I, you know, we had a red corner, blue corner locker room like that today. I was in one of the corners, can around the but probably, probably red corner. And uh, I, I had, you know, on the fly MMA training that that, that week. That's insane. It was, it, it was so different. We weren't allowed to leave the hotel room. I, I knew just, you know, I was from New York. I, I knew some <laughs> chicks that used to work in the strip. In the, in, in the, in the, uh, in the fucking, there's like one ghetto strip bar down there. I don't, I don't remember the name of it. But uh, you know, I seen get uh, a tour in there a couple times. It was definitely a whole house or whatever. It was a little strip bar. But you knew the girls. there? What? But you knew the girls that were working there. Yeah, so I would sneak out. I, I would sneak out at night at a hotel. But it was way different. Like you, you were stuck in a hotel. You weren't really allowed to go. Like like they get, they, we had no money. They give you money out to eat. We had, we had to eat no, the the employees in ER. You know, like, oh, yeah. what do employees eat? It sounds like being so a We eat, like, old, old buffet shit.
0: Now, were you banging the, the, the strippers before, before, like, every every night? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I was out every night. I snuck <laughs> out every night. And I was trying to bang the cocktail, which is at the fucking hotel. Too. So in the ER, you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean you know, the we were, UFC was way different back then. We were kind of like, uh, I don't know what we, we looked at, God, like, just a bunch of nut <laughs> guys. And I was, you know, trying to pick up the cocktail, which is at the, at the <laughs> At the yeah, at the bar, you know, it was just a bunch of, you know, a, a bunch of trouble guys hanging out at the hotel. So anyway, I was Oh, yeah. uh, so so yeah, it was way different back then. They used to have like a pre-fight rules meeting too, like you know, you know how uh, nowadays everybody knows the rules in UFC, but back then I guess they were changing the rules all the time. And you know, that's the first time I ran into Dana White. He had hair on, you know, he had a comb over, you had a little bit of bleeping hair left, but he was trying to make it left, left as long as he could. He was like 25, 25, 30 pounds lighter, lighter, and, and the whitest mother**** i ever seen. Straight, straight white, no no, no tan, especially coming from Vegas. And, and then the rules made a big John McCarthy, And he was basically just giving you the can and can't do. No no kicking in the balls, no, no, you know, pulling hair, whatever, no fish hook. Yeah. So, so that was the fucking, that was the way it was back then, it was it was way f***ing different, you know, now everybody knows the rules, you know, the, the fans know the rules, back then nobody knew the rules and the f***ing, and the, and the uh, the sport was on satellite, man, it wasn't, even on, it wasn't even on TV, the only way you could watch ESC was if you had f***ing dish, I don't think nobody had it, you know, it was barely held on, I of McCain was trying to f***ing put it under, and, uh, but you went out there, the and you there.
0: but you went out there and, uh, kicked some ass, correct?
2: Yeah, well, I went out to kick some ass, bro. I have to do that, man. You know, I, I took him down. I dropped him. Took him down. Beat him up. And then uh, it was only two rounds too back then. pre fights were only two rounds.
0: But that was probably the best feeling in the world, right? I mean, after you get your hand. raised? Yeah, it was it was it was the
2: best, man. I, I had two girls there. Two two girls there uh, uh with to watch me fight. One I was living with, and one was you know way better. So <laughs> sat him on opposite sides of the the arena. And uh, after winning the fight, it was the best feeling in the world. I actually. After I left the ring, I, f- I, I walked around to one side, shook hands with, with, with the, f- well, the kids the girl that I f- and one girl I was with, and go to the other side. And next thing I know, I was taking pictures with everybody in the stands. I, I went around the whole f- stands up and down every f- aisle until I got to the other side. Every f- somebody was giving me beers, giving me f- drinks. By the time I got to f- after the fight press conference, I was f- and wasted. I was f- and answering crazy f- and questions and, 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 f- and after the fight. Press conference, drunk, drunk, man, just out of my mind. I mean, you know, but by, by the time I got there, the fight was over. I was drunk from hanging out and partying with the fans. It was just a different era back then, man. Is what I'm, what I'm trying to let you guys understand. Yeah,
0: I mean, it not, nothing but respect for you, Phil. Nothing but respect, man. If it wasn't, if it wasn't for guys like you, that you know, there would be, be no sport like it is today.
2: No, thanks, man. Thanks. It was way different, bro. You, you know, you didn't know. You think you were gonna go in there and possibly die, <laughs> you know what I mean? It was still like a blood sport thing. And, when, and at the end, when, when, when Tito slammed Tanner, people were like, you know, I was f***ing almost done f***ing going through the whole audience. F***ing. I drunk on my ass and everybody was saying that he's dead and this and that. And I was, I remember thinking like, f***, dude, I'm gonna have to go back to the f***ing college car dealership. You know, I thought I finally made it, found a f***ing avenue oh, a f***ing route for me to you know, make a living to be a professional something. And I thought to be back to, I mean, you, are, to the you-
0: Worried that he was like dead? I mean, you were about the car dealership, was your main concern.
2: everybody thought he was dead, bro? <laughs> picked him up and slammed him and punched him hard. and he yeah. f- It took him like forever to wake up, they took him out of the way f- uh, really on to stretch. So I remember being like, God damn it, bro. Easy f- can come, easy f- can go.
0: <laughs> damn, well, Phil, I, I, I hope you get your aspirin fight, man. If not, uh, I'm telling you, man, acting. I think you'd be I think you'd be one <laughs> hell one hell of an actor, man. Uh, uh, absolutely. Ellen Absolutely. anything you wanna to say to Phil? No, man, much respect for
1: Phil. I've actually you know, when I started training I was watching him quite a bit. I was curious, Phil, who do you not like the most? Um, out of everyone that you fought before, who do you not like the most? Who rubs you the wrong way? Still well,
2: it's the bastard the most in wrong way. I mean, uh, uh, hard feelings? I, I can't really think, man. You know, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it, it, dude. You know, you know. I didn't like Matt Leland back in the day. I liked the guy a lot. He offered out training to this fight I fought Askin, but you know, I didn't like him back in the day. What about Frank it, Shamrock? Was, oh, Frank Shamrock's a scumbag. I don't like that guy. I don't like that guy. He douchebag. You know, he's a douche. Okay, that's a guy.
1: But that's your answer, Frank Shamrock. <laughs> an asshole. Well, hey man, I hope you get that fight. I would love, would love to see you fight Askren. Yeah, me too, man. We'll, we'll see what happens.
0: Take care. We'll have a happy holidays, Phil. Thanks, bro. You see, man, I have my fucking story. Usually, the better story. The fucking
2: chick Amanda tried to help me. Just start the story. story Suck, dude. No, dude, sorry it, Phil. That.
0: First of all, dude, don't beat yourself up. <laughs> you can you can read the no, phone. No, you can read the phone book.
2: You can read the phone we book, are, and I, I'd be entertained. I, I should have talked about how I f-ing snuck out and bang. <laughs> don't do that. I was going to talk about how I was sneaking out and banging, banging. F-ing. The, the,
0: the, what do you have, whatever I'll tell you next time <laughs> <laughs> thanks
2: man take care brother <laughs> alright bro
0: bye alright well that was Phil Barone. Uh sorry about the beeps that are uh, <laughs> when they have to edit this it's gonna be beeped it's not me guys the people that are telling me getting mad at me for beeping it look I work for Fox Sports. They put on the podcast. Mm-hmm. It's, they put the beeps on. It was up to me. There'd be no beeps. But I have a feeling if I told Phil, he didn't curse that one time, but I just like let these guys go. And then, uh, you know, that, that's, what, that's what I do. I, I, lo- I love Baroni, But, you know, I, personally, give him the Ben Askren fight. Who else is going to fight in 1FC? I don't even know who these guys are. I have no idea. I'm sure they're great fighters, but I just don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. Phil Baroni would be probably a good guy. People will tune in.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and let's be honest. Not a lot of people want to fight Ben Askren. Yeah. I mean, so it's like this guy really wants to fight. Why, you know, give it to him? Have you not? trained with Ben Askren? Actually, I haven't. No. Would
0: you want to fight Ben Askren?
1: Um, I mean, potentially, yeah. It would, if, if it would make sense if he was in the UFC, sure. Right. But, you know, I'm, I'm not really... No, he's not really relevant right now, to be honest.
0: A lot of guys, because of the wrestling, they don't, don't want to get involved with a guy like that, correct? Because it, it's going to be a boring fight, you has got a good takedown. Yeah,
1: you know, I mean, from the business standpoint, it is. It's kind of like, it's not the most exciting style to watch. You know, is it probably not going to be the most exciting fight, but you know what I mean, at the end of the day, it's... it's uh,
0: According to uh, Tyron Woodley, Askren beats GSP, Condit, and Rory. Mm, Do you agree with any of that? No.
1: Mm-mm. Not GSP. Uh, the other guys, potentially, yeah, but... Uh, GSP at no way, no way, Mm-mm.
0: no way.
3: All
0: right, we're gonna talk to Bobby Green right now, uh, and then we're, uh, Bobby just signed on to find Abel Trujillo. Should be a great fight. Uh, Abel has come on our show before. He 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 rapped about my receding hairline. Uh, he's a good dude. <laughs> but Bobby Green's a guy. I hung out Bobby Green before too. So he's also another good dude. We got let's let's see how he's doing. Hey, is this Bobby Green? Hey, it's me. Hey, it's Adam Hunter and Jake Ellenberger. You're on the MMA Roasted podcast.
3: Awesome, oh, so what's up, guys, thanks for having me.
0: Oh man, thanks for Now, do you remember who I am? We actually hung out one night outside the Ice House.
3: And so the Ice House. And it was the
0: comedy club. It was me, you and Rogan. We hung out. I
3: know the so I'm wondering who you are. I'm trying to picture your face. I was, more more description. I
0: do MMA roasted podcast. Uh, blonde hair, very good looking. Uh, I'm ripped. <laughs> uh, uh, we hung out till like five o'clock in the morning. Uh, it was me, you, Rogan, okay. and you brought some guy that was on Adderall or something. Uh, he was on some type of drugs, but he was a nice guy. Uh, and <laughs> I remember, we, we, we were talking to like five o'clock in the morning.
3: I I'm
0: also I'm also I remember a I'm a face. I'm also a uh, comedian. I had like three girls give me head during a time during our conversation. Uh, you don't all right, you don't remember any of that. So anyway, uh, 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 congratulations on your on your fight with Abel.
3: Uh, thank you, appreciate that.
0: Now that just got announced today. Uh, Abel looked great in his last fight. You look great in your last fight. What are you, what are your plans? How do you plan on dealing with Abel?
3: I and mean, I'm gonna be me and I'm gonna be me to the fullest, you know, just go out there and do what what comes natural. I'm a natural fighter.
0: Right. Right. Now I was I was actually re- doing some research about you. Uh now you've 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 come a long way. Uh you, you uh grew up uh, you were in foster care as a kid, correct? Yeah. Uh now how how long were you in foster care too?
3: almost um, I was about um four years old.
0: Till you were four and then you were adopted uh now and then used to, um now uh was that was that was that tough uh, I, I know I know a lot of kids it's really tough on kids who who uh who uh, grew up in foster care was that was it was a tough growing up
3: Yeah, it was a tough though, you know but um I' could bounce around a little bit we got my my grandmother picked this up um I was fortunate enough to be raised by her you know um most of it then she died when I was about 14. Um, so then, from there on, I was pretty much alone. I started from friend to friend to house and kind of got around a little bit there and here and there.
0: Wow, that's really tough, man. I mean, that's being on your own too. you were 14. That's that's brutal. And then you started wrestling as a sophomore in high school and then placed in the states twice. That's pretty amazing.
3: Yeah, man. It was, it, I actually thought wrestling was like WWF. <laughs> and then they didn't have any turnbuckles or anything, and I was like, what the heck is this stuff, you know? We're in tights, so I wasn't so thrilled about wrestling at first.
0: But, I mean, you excelled at it, and it's actually... I was surprised because your last couple of fights, you've kept it standing. Um, You haven't really been using your wrestling that much. I I was surprised to find out how good of a wrestler you were.
3: Yeah, man. Um, That's the thing, like, I don't ever... I do being titled as one thing, you know. I do a lot of of different things, you know. um, But I really try to be a a crowd pleaser and put on the show. So most people want to see a stand-up, want to see a knockout. So I do a lot of stand-up, like you said. But if I'm forced to wrestle, then I'm forced to wrestle.
0: Yeah, that was something you said when uh, we were hanging out with Rogan, when you didn't remember me. Uh, uh, you were saying that that uh, you know you were really focused on being an, having entertaining fights versus you're more of a guy who'd rather be who who, who just put on entertaining fights and and risk losing than being kind of a safer fight and and like a winning, correct? Exactly. Now, how do you feel about that, Jake?
1: You know, it's it's always kind of the you know the fine line between. Um, you know, taking risk versus reward, but you know, it's a business. At the end of the day, you got to be entertaining, and, and that, that really—that's what you know—that's what the UFC likes. That's what the fans like. You got to still be exciting, but not go in there kamikaze. You know what I'm saying?
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, now, you're, a couple of fights ago, you you fought Jacob Volkman. Uh, you beat him in the first round, uh, and I remember before that fight, Volkman said some things about Obama. Uh, was that a, a part of your thing uh, about why you were? Uh, was, was that part of your uh, motivation to get back at him for making bad comments about Obama?
3: Um, no, how he feels, how he feels. You know, everyone's entitled to their own opinions on um, on politics and stuff. You know, but um, I just do my job. You know, that's all I was doing.
0: I know. I was just kidding. Um, now, your last fight, <laughs> your, uh, your your last fight against Pat Healy, uh, you beat Pat Healy. Pat Healy's a tough, tough guy. Uh, Mm -hmm. you you had your hands down a lot lot of the fight. You had had your hands down. uh, You were much faster than him. Were you you a little nervous at all that maybe, you know, putting your hands down, you might get caught?
3: No. You know, um, I was really just kind of doing something to prove a point. Basically, before this fight, people were making a lot of accusations about me that was a dirty fighter, saying that... um, my nut kicker and all these nut jokes and stuff like that—you know, ball kickers, jokes and stuff like that. So, I really felt like, like, like I got a stain on my record, you know. So, I, I had said I wasn't going to kick at all during the fight. So, not only did I not kick in the fight, I actually showed I'm not going to be gonna make it so he can't hit me, you know. So, it was really um a way to to silence the critics.
0: Right. Right, right. Oh, that's why he did that. I was wondering. I thought yeah. maybe I was like, because I mean, I I always think that putting your hands down is a bad idea, uh, just because, yeah. because
3: because you never. I, mean, I agree. You
2: know,
3: I agree when you have the right striker. You know, um, like someone like Illy Trio. I'm not gonna fight the same way that I fought. You know, Pat Healy. Those are t- totally two different guys. that The dangers are different. You know, um, and the styles are different. So you'll see a different style. I mean, that's the thing about my fighting is I changed my style depending upon the fighter.
0: Right, right. Okay, so you're not, okay, that's not going to be your thing, the guy who has his hands down taunting.
3: Yeah, no, 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 not every freaking fight. You know, and, and that actually was a learning lesson for me. Like, I think that um I'm trying to make my fights entertaining with me. Like, come on, let's come let's keep going. You know, and stuff like that. And other people are taking it as I'm trying to be cocky or something, you know, and it's being established as arrogant. So um, I will tone that down just because I feel like, it's bothering people that much you know and i'm not here to really make any waves you know
0: yeah at the same time it's just you know as long as you keep winning that's that's the only thing that really i think matters uh you know uh and and you did i mean you 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 beat pat haley that was uh that was very very impressive uh the whole james Krause thing do you think that you uh, had a mental lapse or you just were just aiming you just had bad aim that fight with your kicks i mean what exactly do you think with the whole low, with the whole groin kick, what what exactly went wrong? What was that issue?
3: Um, with the James Krause fight, basically, um, he was the guy that uh, was just bad luck, you know, really bad luck. Like, um, I was going to throw a certain like little uh setup kick I do, a setup kick to, to uh to a punch, and as I was going to it, he was firing a kick at the same time, and it kind of shocked me. So my foot kind of extended and it just kind of caught him, you know, the first low blow. And the second low blow was the inside leg kick that as he was coming in and caught him, you know. So it was just totally two um, incidents where it was just like no control over it, you know, at all. Um, I just had to be more careful, you know. But the third one for sure was, I think, um, he started I started to realize that I was in trouble. I was getting um, I was being very troubling. He was having a hard time with what I was doing to him, you know. And so I was explaining to um, another guy about how he was the same way. You don't understand what's transpiring in that fight until you're into that fight. Then you're going holy, holy snap, you know? Like, what's really, what is he really doing? What is he saying to this guy? You know? What is it making? What is, it, what's going on in here that, that transpires into the brain? Right,
0: right, right, right,
3: right.
0: Uh, now. Uh, I know. I know you're a single dad, right?
3: Um, I'm actually engaged. Oh, um, engaged, nice. But yes, I have a I have a, um a child by um another, another mother.
0: Nice. Uh well. Uh, now, ha- is it hard being engaged and fighting off all the UFC groupies?
3: Oh wow! No, yeah, wow. <laughs> um, I don't get any groupies like that, bro. You know, I'm trying to stay humble and stuff like that. Like. Like you said, I'm engaged, so, but, um, it's just funny, like, I miss you just to supply, you know, just to supply some food on the table, you know. My fiance is actually pregnant right now. She's going to be having a baby in March, so I was asking to go see if I get one more fight out of the way before she has a baby, because then I'll be back at home, you know, playing dad and stuff like that. really want to be around for, for the whole experience. Congratulations. Um, thank you, thank you. So February, I'll fight February, then I'll sit down March, and be ready for this baby to pop out.
0: Nice, there you go. What, what, what? Are you gonna name the What are you gonna name
3: the baby? Um, I'm not sure yet. We haven't found the sex yet, so we're so we're supposed to be doing that tomorrow. Close are sound.
0: Nice. Well, you, it sounds like you got some big motivation for Abel. Now I know Abel's, uh, you know, he's a great fighter, but he's a terrible rapper. Uh, he's rap. <laughs> he's like he's rap before. Uh, on our show, and uh, are you guys gonna possibly get into like a freestyle war during the fight?
3: Oh uh, <laughs> wow! No, no, I don't rap. One thing I rap is my hands. That, <laughs> hey, anyway.
0: I like it. I like it. Hey, hey it,
1: Bob, quick question, man. When we were talking about the the low blows, how much do you think it plays into some of the some of the guys' heads, like when they get kicked in the cup, um, and they kind of just overplay it? You know what I mean? Like if they're tired and they want a little quick break. Because I've always wondered that. I feel like there's a lot of low blows that people just totally over-exaggerate and they just want a minute to you know, to to catch their breath. I
3: agree. I agree. I think there's, there's a lot of guys that do that, you know? There's a lot of times there's two things that happen. One, um, this guy's taking like he- heck of shots, headless shots by some guy, and he's going like, whoa, I need a break, you know, to <laughs> to figure this out. Or guys are getting overwhelmed. And they're tired or something like that, and they need a break to to just slow everything down. You know, you got this crowd, you got these lights, and there's just so much stuff that's going on through your head that you just need a, a three, four seconds to gain your composure and say everything's gonna be okay. You know. Yeah, no, I agree.
0: Bobby, my my only issue with you is, I I think you're 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 a great fighter. You seem like a real nice guy. I had a great time. I feel like you listen to people too much. Uh, like for yeah. example, I think people on Twitter are like, "Hey man, you're a cheater," blah, blah blah. So then you keep your hands down. You know, it seems like you want you want to be entertaining, so you get sometimes in like slugfests where you could be your wrestler. Do you think that there's a a, a danger in caring too much what people think?
3: I don't know. I'm a crowd pleaser, bro. I try to. Do- make my, uh, my package as well, package as possible. So, uh, if, if it's a majority of people saying this, then maybe I need to change this or change that, you know, I'll try to do the best I can to put the package together that they want to see, you know, make the fans happy.
0: Yeah. Just don't get killed. <laughs> you know, I just, I just, I just, I I sometimes worry that like, not only well, why not like worry, but I sometimes, you know, don't want you to get. Con- I get concerned because I'm like, you know what? Sometimes, like sometimes, sometimes you get fans that could be brutal and they tell you to do something, and then next thing I know, you you know, you are you're fighting. Isn't there a danger in that, Jake? You think? And sometimes fighting to please, the f- not that uh, I'm a fan too, and I want the fans to be happy. Mm-hmm. But there are times, sometimes people get into wars where they, you know, might take years off their life. Or off their fighting careers.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, even going back to the Anderson-Weidman the first fight, it's like, you know, he, he was kind of playing a little too much, and it, there's always that risk, you know what I mean? So, but when you when you play that game, you kind of, you got to understand the, the risk that comes with it, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: yeah. Everyone's been on my case. You're not Anderson. You see what happened <laughs> to Anderson and stuff, you know? You all you these you... things, you know, I felt like it um, was my time to showcase a little bit of my abilities, you know, I joined the show. A little bit of what I can do, you know, and and just to show that I can be hard to hit if I didn't want to be hit, you know.
0: Right, right. I I, I got you, man. Well, good luck with your your fight with Abel, man. Uh, uh, you know, congrats on your on your current win streak. You've come a long way, man. You've come a long way from uh, from 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 where you you uh, started. You started in affliction and you'd lost to Dan Lozon in an affliction and look at where you are now. I mean you've you've come a long way, man.
3: Yeah, wow, well, bro. Yeah, I didn't even know you did to when I first fought Dan Lozon, so it's like.
0: Yeah, you said you first you, t- you actually took your first 12 fights with no training. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And then you fought in Mexico, correct?
1: Yeah, yeah. How was that experience?
0: Yeah. What was that like?
3: Mexico was freaking crazy. Sometimes you have to, like, hear the reality that you might not get paid, you know? I, I got a couple, I fought a couple fights and didn't get paid, you know? Just like if the, the promoters would bail out and leave and just run off of the money and just weird stuff like that, having the policia called on you.
0: Why'd you have the policia called on you?
3: Um, because, um, like, there was like, it's supposed to be paying for the hotel and, and, and they those signing the bill and stuff. And as you know, they pulled the plug on the show. They're not paying the bills. They're not answering anything in that hotel with some money. And they're just like, "Hey, thank you, know, you guys." You know.
0: Damn. Damn. Damn.
3: <laughs> well, I mean, the good thing about
0: your next fight, the policia won't be called on you, and uh, <laughs> and you will get paid. Uh, now is it, now is it Mexico? Are there a lot more kids that you might have in Mexico right now that you might not know about.
3: Like fans, was you saying?
0: No, like uh, like children. Are there a lot of children in Mexico? Oh
3: wow! Oh wow! <laughs> don't give me no trouble. <laughs> I, I won't.
0: I won't. I'm just saying that right now there are a lot of Mexican kids who fight with their hands down. Uh, possibly they could be related <laughs> to. Um...
3: <laughs>
0: oh wow! Cool. Well, thanks for calling yeah, on so the show. Don't
3: I people think I'm gonna fight like that all the time now. they all believe that, and I'm gonna see that. It's just one time I was just having a little fun and showing showing different skills. But the next months come, I'm going would be totally different, you know.
0: Oh, okay. We have oh, by the way, we have a question from a guy on Sherdog from Gu- uh, Guard Game. He said, ask Bobby Green why he left Rivers- Riverside Submission and went to Pinnacle. I remember hearing there was some drama and controversy there. Is there any truth to that, or?
3: Oh wow. Um, why I left. Um, at that point in time, I was, uh, I was at Riverside and I didn't understand what fighting was, you know, or what it can, what it uh, took to be a fighter. Like I said, at my first 12 fights, I didn't train. I get a phone call. Hey, do you want to go to Mexico this weekend and fight? i be working six days a week. You know, sometimes I, like, if my job wasn't working, I was really fighting consistently, you know? So, um, I get a call, let's go to this fight this weekend, you'll make $800 in Mexico. Just fly, drive up there, we, we go out there, fight, come back, you know, make quick quick bucks, you know? So I, just, I realized that that was like a, at that point in time in my life, it was like a, these gangster guys doing it. You know, everybody was tough, that's from the streets, and that's where I was like from at that time, you know? So like, if they were doing it, I'm like, sure, I'm with it, I can do it too. And I thought that was a lifestyle, though. I thought that's how you were supposed to train, like one day a week, two days a week, you know. And you'd be ready for a fight, smoking and drinking, you know. So it was the realization where like I had to step back when I left the Pentagon. So my coach he just came and he just took me and showed me a different way of doing everything, you know. changing my lifestyle around, and he said like your fight was never in the cage, it's your lifestyle outside of it, you know. Cleared it up, cleaned it up for me, and things just flew and, and flew I mean And went better, so I could I could focus on my craft.
0: Right, 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 right. Well, that should answer your question. To guard game. Uh, good luck with your fight, Bobby, uh, and keep up the good work, man. And congrats on the uh, baby coming out.
3: And thank you guys so much.
0: Take care. Well, thank you, uh, Bobby Green. Thank you, Phil Baroni. Uh, Phil just texted me saying he was upset about his segment. Phil, you're a legend. Uh, you could read the phone book and I would enjoy it. There's no such thing as you being boring. Uh, so Phil Baroni, keep your head up, man. I know you're upset about the whole Askren thing. Uh, you're, I will always be a fan of Phil Baroni, And as long as I have a show, you will be more than welcome to be on my show. Because I, I love hearing from you. Uh, Jake Ellenberger. Thank you for coming on the show. Uh, great job. Will you come next week? Because T-Rex, uh, T-Rex is actually missing. There's an Amber Alert for T-Rex. Uh, <laughs> if, if anybody sees 25 kids running around, look up because their dad's probably there. Uh, but will you, um, will you come mean, on man. next week?
1: i mean, I'm excited to come back.
0: Thank you. All right. We'll see you guys next week. And thanks for listening to the MMA
2: Roasted Podcast. Thank you, Fox Sports.